Well, welcome back to the Awake Space Podcast. I'm Lori Rivers, your host. Here I talk about all things astrological and metaphysical to help you find inspiration to meet your aspirations as you move and groove through this thing called life. In today's episode, we are talking about eclipse season. We're going to be talking about the lunar eclipse and the solar eclipse happening in November and then in December. Plus, we have our patron shout-outs because these wonderful people keep the podcast ad-free. And uh, we'll be also exploring a little more about Chiron. So we've got a partial lunar eclipse coming at us, and this is uh, kind of a doozy. It's at 27 degrees of Taurus. That is because a lunar eclipse is always part of a full moon. And so this full moon winding up Scorpio season is packing a punch. What has me most curious is the day before. I know everybody gets all excited about the big events, but it's the setup to this event that has me giving it kind of a stink eye. So on November 17th in the evening, on the west coast of the United States, so at minus 8 GMT, because we're back in standard time, the moon will be conjunct Uranus, and it will be in opposition to Mars in Scorpio. This will be a very interesting time. There could be some violence. There could be, and and we're talking like a mass shooting or or some kind of um, big-scale event. I don't, I don't want you to be freaking out, but I do want you to be aware. You probably don't want to be out in crowds, if you can help it. Um, it would not be great, um, but it may also be some economic fallout. Because of the time that it's happening, that, that moon conjunct Uranus. I think this is going to be something with the global economy as well, with events happening overseas, most likely looking at the Chinese economy. What does that have to do with you? Well, these big events don't just happen in one spot. They impact everybody. We live in a very connected global world. And that means what is going on in one place has a very big impact in another. There isn't a separate economy in this world. They are all very uniquely tied together. They might like to have rhetoric stating they're separate, but they're really all very much intrinsically tied, regardless of political, um, again, political rhetoric. So it's not just Evergrande 
that is defaulting and looking at bankruptcy. It is multiple real estate investment companies are kind of domino effect going down, and these also invest overseas. Okay, including here in the United States, and they are defaulting on payments to their foreign investors across the globe. China is also a major manufacturing space, and manufacturing has been deeply impacted by weather, by、um, power disruptions, supply disruptions, and by COVID. Okay, we are still in a global pandemic. I know, I know. On one hand, they talk like it's over. The corporate world would like us all to go back to the office. No, thank you. I'll stay independent. Thank you very much. Or to quote Ace Ventura, "Thank you very much. Ain't going back. Can't make me. Not gonna do it."、Um, We still have a great amount of people resigning from their jobs here in the U.S., and I've talked to some clients overseas, and it's not happening in the same scale elsewhere. But it is happening as people have been reevaluating their lives in some countries, especially in some Western European companies. I mean, countries people have more time off. You know, they have better better work life balance. And so there's little less impetus to cut off and say, "Hey, I'm done with this. I'm not going to put up with being a wage slave or, you know, making good money but having no life."、Um, so in the U.S., that is something that is changing and forcing. It's going to force change. I know right now、um, those who believe in dominance and control are really、uh, trying to. Make the point, you know, and, and and insist that people acquiesce to their desires. Well, this eclipse is going to kind of smack them in the ass. That's what it's going to do, because the global economy will show how very vulnerable it is. And the main reason for that is one: this is a full moon in Taurus. And so we can look at food supply. We can look at land use, real estate, and economies. And this partial lunar eclipse, which it's pretty significant. It's not just oh, it's just a partial eclipse. No, it's a significant eclipse because it is visible almost everywhere in the world. And that is something rather.、Um, Well, ominous would be the word because traditionally eclipses are viewed as malefic, and one of the reasons they are viewed as malefic is because back in the Hellenistic era and into the medieval era and Renaissance era, it usually meant there was a change in leadership. And I've talked about this in past episodes about eclipses. Well. This is a very global eclipse. Again, you, you, if an eclipse is visible, it has more impact in the locality where it can be seen. Okay, it has an influence where it can be seen, and it can be seen in Europe, in Asia, in North America.、Um, let me get up my map here. 
because I believe it's seen even below the equator. And that is really something. Sometimes with eclipses, only a very small locality can see it. Now, in the early part of the year, those eclipses were not as visible by as large a, 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 a population base. This is very visible. So I'm just going to Google visibility of partial lunar eclipse and it will so so here it is it says um Weather permitting, it should be visible in any location where the moon above, uh, appears above the horizon above the eclipse, according to NASA, geographically. That means the partial lunar eclipse will be visible in the U.S., much of Europe, Asia, Australia, parts of Africa, South America, and the Pacific. That's quite a large reach. And since the full moon is eclipsing in Taurus that shows kind of an end of an era economically. Now we've been in a very consumerist society especially over the last 30 some years, 40 years. It started in the 50s teaching people to consume but you know you still had more reusable things like even when I was a kid in the 70s you had more glass you had less cheap single-use plastic items Tupperware came into play but you didn't have as many plastic things plastic bags etc to throw away and fill up the Pacific gyre if you don't know what that is, well, it's a large, large part of the middle of the Pacific Ocean full of garbage that uh, has grown significantly in the last 30 years. I know a lot of you young people listening to this, and when I say young, under 30, you know, you're becoming aware of these things, and it's startling, and it's shocking, and you're like, why didn't people protest this before? Well, they did. You know, we did. We did speak out about this. And we did have a lot of arguments and discussions and protests, actual protests, and to no effect. That's why I'm not a big fan of protests. I'm a fan of taking action. But protest itself, you know, it, it didn't even really work the way they say it did in the 60s. Uh, boycotts, too. Putting your money where your mouth is. Using your dollars to your advantage, purchasing products that align with you. Um, All of that can help. And the great resignation, I think, is going to help a great deal. That's, That's putting your feet in action. And that is a powerful thing. So this partial lunar eclipse is vastly economic. And if, if you remember, what have I been saying all year long? Stock up. Stock up on your food. 
stock up on consumables that you like. Like if you absolutely love writing in notebooks, get your notebooks. If you need pens and pencils, well, get your pens and pencils. If you're an artist, buy your paint. Um, and it, we're going to have to change how we consume. If there are things that you absolutely need for your household, get those now because uh, they're not going to have the infrastructure fixed to fix this supply chain in the next three months, in the next six months, in the next year. Even though that is a very ambitious bill, the infrastructure bill, those projects, a lot of them, will not be able to be completed in any amount of time to meet the immediate needs. And when we look at what is going on with inflation, oh, that is a concern. I just went to the grocery store the other day and the price of meat has gone significantly up. And now you may say, well, that's good. We don't, we need less meat because meat is bad for the environment. And although I'm not a fan of factory farming, um, I want you to understand even a plant-based diet isn't necessarily helping the planet as much as you think it is because we use monoculture far too much. So, you know, when you look at there's, you know, thousands of acres and hectares um, of, of single crop plantings, whether it's soybean or corn or or wheat or barley or, you know, what have you. And then in some of the plant-based diets, especially in privileged communities, you're eating a lot of times um, food that isn't even native to where you live and you're robbing indigenous people of their food sources in other countries. Um, so that's just important to remember, you know, if, it, if it's a tropical or or subtropical fruit or vegetable or bean or nut, you know, um, and that's at a base of your diet, you may have trouble getting what you're looking for because the supply chain. We have climate change impacting uh, production of food, crop yields, etc. Also, um, just a side note, I got asked uh, on a TikTok live if I believe the government controls climate or the weather. No, they do not. They do not. Um, there's been some technological advances, but no, I do not believe that they control the weather. Um, it's it, there's too many um, there's too many surprises happening to the governments around the world. So yes, I know Dubai made it rain, and they might be able to do things to a certain degree, but we are facing a accelerated climate change. Science has really proven that out. I, I don't care what the causality is, to be honest. Um, we have to adapt to it. All right, we have to adapt to the changes and we need to cut pollutants, point blank. Um, I, I used to belong to some groups on Facebook and people get into the whether climate change was natural or man-made, solar minimum, blah, 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 blah. And I'd be like, you know what? I don't care. You know, I like clean air. I like um, clean water, and I would like to eat food that is uncontaminated from toxins in the groundwater. So, you know, pardon me for wanting us to be kinder to planet Earth. 
So I think this eclipse is going to really show us um, just how out of balance everything is. Just how out of balance everything is. And so we've got that the, the day before the eclipse with Mars in opposition to Uranus with the moon conjunct activating that opposition. Um, that's a lot. That's a lot. And then um, <clears throat> what else is going on? There is uh, you know earlier that day the moon will be square squaring off with uh, Saturn. So I think a lot of the climate negotiations are going to go south. I don't think they're going to work out very well. But oh, that's the other thing. Uh, Venus will be in trying to Uranus sextiling Mars and training the moon during that event too. So I, I just think we're going to see some foundational flaws and needs for the uh, for the economy to change globally globally and then as we go towards the eclipse hours before the eclipse like just a couple hours like about six hours before the eclipse the moon will be squaring jupiter now on one hand i think we'll see a cryptocurrency rally so if you're investing in alternative coins or Bitcoin or Ethereum, keep your eye on it. This is not trading advice, but we're seeing some volatility in the market because it's it's probably going to take off. And I think it will. That was Discord. Take Discord. We'll get to you in a little bit. Um, so we're, we're getting to that. Um... And then on the eclipse itself, um, it's it's packing a wallop, you know. Um, oh, the other thing, just hours before the moon will be trying Pluto. So I think we're going to see some real change. I think this could be a time of changing of leaders um, across the globe. I think... We may hear of leaders expelled. We may hear of leaders passing on. Um, Again, I mentioned Queen Elizabeth. I I think there's a possibility there. I hope not. I, you know, I hope she endures a, you know, a peaceful life and and gets to enjoy her family. Um, But it it could be, you know. um, I've seen all year there's challenges to her health. Um, so this, this eclipse could very much, um, spell something for her. So there is that. So that is the November 19th. You want to look at your own chart for Taurus. You know, what's happening in Taurus in the 27 degree mark for you. And, and I wouldn't go out more than... Mm, six degrees on this one but for an eclipse I go to two to four degrees for an eclipse the moon itself the full moon itself will go out to eight degrees but on an eclipse it's a two to four degree orb if it's touching any of your personal planets pay attention if you're it's aspecting um a, a bunch of you will have an aspect in your plutos you know if you were born in the late 80s early 90s um well mid 90s you know 
midnight so we're doing that um this is going to be changing your worldview and, and showing where you need to stand up step up and take your power um it's kind of a changing of the guard so to speak as you realize that if not you then who so that's that in the next uh, in the next segment we're going to talk about the solar eclipse coming up in december Okay, let's talk about the December 4th solar eclipse. It is a total solar eclipse. And in the first segment, I talked about how the visibility of the eclipse has relevance. And there isn't a global visible view on this. It actually takes place over Antarctica. There are parts of Australia New Zealand, southern uh, tip of Africa, and South America will see some portions of this eclipse. To me, this has merit, um, and it speaks to climate change in a lot of ways. Um, this is less about the global economy and more about the global conditions. So, um, the new moon which is a solar eclipse is in Sagittarius and it's not making a lot of applying aspects to anything and it happens when the north node of the moon is but a minute away from changing signs a lot of astrologers on TikTok or or YouTube or people calling themselves astrologers are um kind of stating this is going to give a bird's eye view of what's happening when the nodal shift happens but uh, you know into the next signs the Taurus Scorpio polarity but it really this solar eclipse is showing um the ending phase of the Gemini Sagittarius polarity and so for all of you mutable signs who have been going through a lot of personal and spiritual growth um well you get to pass the torch and it moves on to Taurus and Scorpio and the fixed signs who are up for quite a while because not only do they have Saturn going through Aquarius Pluto will ingress into Aquarius at the end of 2024 for its very long transit through that sign the astrology of the solar eclipse is um definitely not quite as exciting as the partial lunar eclipse which has a lot going on but what i find fascinating is that the new moon is in conjunct uranus i think we will see because the moon is making a sextile to saturn before the new moon it's in sagittarius but hours before it becomes new it uh it makes a sextile to saturn and i think a lot of global leaders are going to give a lot of mouth music to improving economic conditions and taking care of the people and blah 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 and i think this new moon solar eclipse 
is going to show how tied their hands are or how unwilling they are to do right by the people. And since Saturn is in Aquarius, it's really about the people finding their own authority. It is not the time for the people to rely on a king or a queen or a president or a parliament or a congress to do the right thing because they're not going to and it's been well evidenced they're not going to they come up with all kinds of reasons you know just uh, shy of it's not our job and make a lot of mouse music while they bend over and take one from the corporations oh my gosh was she being crass yes she was um the interesting bit of this chart is that Venus is at 22 degrees and it is in approach to Pluto at 25 degrees. That Venus Pluto conjunction that kind of begins there as it tightens up the approach is um another indicator that global economics are going to go haywire um i also think it's an indicator that crypto is going to going to make its moves that decentralization is going to make its moves i think we have to be very very careful about um any kind of establishment um or established organization getting interested in it um which it is which means an interest to control it it'll be interesting to see what happens with web 3.0 which i think really takes off after pluto enters aquarius and so that would be something to investigate if i were in your physical shoes looking into defi and uh again the web 3.0 it's still a pretty wild and woolly anyone's game it reminds me a lot of the early internet days and um as someone who experienced it but was unsure and lacked the confidence i have today i i urge you to just experiment and and learn as much as you can about it study as much as you can about it um i really like uh crypto windio Uh, you can check her out on TikTok and Twitter and YouTube. I'm not affiliated with her. I just happen to like her information and you know people can act in all kinds of ways. She just comes across as a very caring person and I think it does matter to her and I think she does care not just about her own well-being but making sure other people have good information. Um <clears throat> this is going to be a fascinating uh lead up to that final saturn uranus square on christmas eve and i talked about that in the last podcast episode um we are watching the chickens come home to roost and and hopefully we manage to be okay when i say we i mean you and me yeah. um globally there's a lot of fallout to this um uh, and unfortunately it's going to hit some of the most vulnerable populations i talked about food insecurity with the lunar eclipse um and i urge you 
to get ahead of inflation as much as you can. Buy in bulk if you can. Um, preserve what you can. Freeze what you can because food prices are going to continue to rise.、Um, we're looking at really a, a, a huge change in global finance.、Um, That will impact every single country on this planet、uh, for years to come, and that as long as Uranus is in Taurus, and now we have the nodes getting ready to ingress into Taurus, then you know the next eighteen months are a wild and woolly game, and、uh, having a Uh, disempowered view when it comes to money is not going to help you. Now, I'm not preaching prosperity gospel in the least, but it, it's really important to understand that you have more power in your thumb than any of your ancestors had in their entire body. Your cell phone alone—the thing you're probably listening to me on right now. Is one of the most amazing ways of、um, using technology beyond communication. There's so much you can do with it beyond entertainment. As a content creator,、uh, as a, you, you can teach what you know, you can sell products.、Um, You can do so much, and that's something that I'm really going to be pushing in the new year. I've been teaching people how to monetize what they know for a very long time. I do recognize that the shortcoming—I can teach the technical details—but the shortcoming for almost every single person is, first of all, mindset, and second of all. Um, lacking certain skills like presentation skills,、uh, communication skills, knowing how to authentically and genuinely communicate, and yet be someone people want to hear and listen to. And so, understanding that fine line between kind of doing what you really love and and being attractive to an audience, and understanding who those people are. And and that's something that takes time and skill, and it can be taught.、Uh, years and years and years ago,、uh, I I was over at my friend's house, and we were、um, playing around on our MySpace pages, and I was learning how to pimp out my MySpace、uh, from my friend, and and.、Um, She was commenting on all these other people's pages, and I'm like, "Why? Why do you go around commenting like that?" And she goes, "Well, I want them to comment on mine." And I was like, "Why?" And she started explaining how it worked because, as an introvert who wasn't terribly social,、um, I was like, "Why? Why are you talking to strangers? What good does that do?" <laughs> and、um, so she explained it to me, and I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense." You know, and、um, I didn't like the idea of oh, well, I'll comment so they comment on mine. That seemed very transactional to me, and I so I went looking for people that interested me, and then I would compliment them on things genuinely. My Libra Moon couldn't just go say, "Hey, I like you, like me back."、Um, that always felt weird, and so I. And found out I had quite a knack for it. I, I 
those when I had the crochet liberation front and I grew very large online. I just didn't really know how to monetize it because it was a joke. It was really hard to switch my mindset on it. Um, there's kind of a part, part of me that goes, damn, I wish I could do that all over again. And I am with the awake space. Um, the Patreon is growing every month and uh, people are enjoying the courses that are being offered and and uh, I spent a lot of time re-engineering and, and, uh, or reverse engineering the Crochet Liberation Front experience to see if I could do it again in something that I would be okay if I died, it was put on my tombstone. I, I didn't like the idea of dying fearless leader of the Crochet Liberation Front. Um, you know, it wouldn't bother me now, but back then it did. And so uh, I spent a lot of time and then I taught other people because I believe, you know, each one teach one. And I realized the power that we have as individuals using the Internet. And so does the establishment. And that's why they've been trying to uh, get us with entertainment and algorithms. And if you only knew how much power you have, remember when they tell you to go shopping, it's because you have the money. Okay, you do. Uh, the billionaires don't really. The unrealized gains that they have means it's on paper. Okay, it's on paper, but it's not real until you sell it. Like Elon Musk sold his. Um, I, I still think he's trying to avoid the guillotine. Um, he must have an astrologer working with him. Um, I know I have not looked at his chart. I really don't want to look at his chart. Although if I did, I'd probably see why I don't like him. Um, I never have. I never have. I don't think he's all that much of a genius. I think he's very smart and candy and a good strategist. But I don't think he's the genius everybody thinks he is. Geniuses often don't do very well financially. <laughs> um ask me how. Ask me how I know that geniuses often don't become billionaires. Oh, that's an inside joke from me to me. Um, so that is the solar eclipse and that's all I'm going to say about it right now. Um, we're in for quite the ride. That, that partial lunar eclipse really throws us into um, kind of a free fall financially, uh, globally. Does that mean, you know, you need to be really scared and worried? No, but I, I would do some grocery shopping this week because I think, again, prices are going to go up. And then Christmas Eve, um, again, we have the final Saturn-Uranus square. I think it's a lot of weather. I think it's um, going to be some communications disruptions. I think that's going to do, be due to either geomagnetic storms or um, physical storms. We could see some seismic activity. Uh, California, you want to be careful on this one. No, it's not the big one. Texas, you want to be ready. Um, it could be the grid. And it may be that it isn't. Uranus is retrograde, so I don't think this is going to be as bad as February, but I don't think it's going to be any fun either. Um, there, there is just a stop to the energy. And as you notice, November is already flying by. You know, it's November 13th as I'm recording this. Um, 
what happened? Halloween just was, you know, yesterday, right? Wasn't it? So just like I warned you um, that during the summer, the rubber band was being pulled back and then it was going to snap in October and things were going to speed up. Here we are. Um, Time is very fluid. As Doctor Who would say, timey-wimey. So that is what we're looking at here um, going into eclipse season. Um, That energy rings out until the next eclipses and uh so the lunar one packs a much bigger punch um in an obvious manner the fact that the solar eclipse is mostly only visible in antarctica part of australia new zealand uh, the very southern part of africa the very southern part of south america and related areas any islands um that tells me we're looking at climate change and possibly um, kind of some nasty weather or fire conditions um, in Australia and possibly New Zealand. So I'm hoping for the best and that I'm wrong on that. So why don't we go to the next segment where we do patron shout outs? Because without them, We'd have a lot of ads on this podcast. So big thanks and big shout outs to my patrons in the next segment. just keep growing right along we've been having some fun we did an introduction to astrology um, just to the intro to the birth chart and uh, astro adventurers and up got that class for free and uh, the recording is now up on patreon Uh, there's going to be a whole lot more bennies for people so it will be pretty exciting coming up uh let's see looking at patrons we've got cheryl talia deborah isabella jimmy writer reigns cindy tyra anna saffron devin jennifer kayla aaron liam cat erie melania zach susan Sarah, Natasha, Angie, Emily, and Jennifer. Yes, thank you all for joining. Um, let's see what is on the Discord. And if you're not, if you're a patron and you're not on the Discord, um, come on in. So we were talking about the Pisces Moon in social off topic. Um, people were. Just discussing what was going on. Big thanks as always to my moderators. Uh, Chris is uh, absolute. Uh, Kathy is uh, sister luck. Hannah Yo- or Hannah is Yogi Hannah, and Casey is Casey. And uh, they are my remarkable mods and keep me sane as I try to 
wrangle things. Um, if you didn't know, we've got some pinned, pinned, uh, what are they called, channels. We've got the welcoming rules where you end up when you join, uh, the content suggestions, horoscope discussions, my predictions when sometimes I list up old ones that I've made. Um, I was, you know, back in 2020, I predicted that Facebook would be gone by 2023. Uh, it'd start to get broken up. Um, it's now, it's like changed its name. Um, yeah, whatever. <clears throat> it's, it's still going to be a problem. Um, podcast episodes. I put up the new episodes up in the Discord. And then I link articles and things. Um, and any updates and announcements. Uh, let's see. We have the Awakening Chat, the uh, news headlines, and current event combos. We've been talking a little bit about, let's see, uh, people are talking about Brittany. People are talking about Brittany. I refused to do her chart publicly. I did take a look at it back in June. And in the June 26th forecast, I actually let everybody know that the uh, the court cases would take time. Because uh, that was back when people were hoping, you know, she'd win that one first case, right? And I was like, well, there's going to be continued tongue-wagging and more court cases, but she will eventually be free. So here she is. Brittany is free. Um, but I wouldn't do her chart publicly. And the reason why is, one, I don't like to capitalize off of other people's misfortunes. But two, um, when I read her chart, I was just... It, 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 it's just heartbreaking to look at how manipulated and used she's been her whole life. And I thought, you know, I just don't want to contribute to that. So that's why I didn't do it. Um, we've got a comedy thread. And again, the meme action in the astrology memes is just precious. So anyway, thank you all once again for making everything fabulous. Um, for keeping this ad free. I appreciate your support. And if you're not a patron, hit the link in my bio and go over to Patreon and check out the different tiers. We've got um, Mystic Muses is three bucks a month and you can come to coffee with Lori twice a month for three bucks. That's pretty good. It's a Q&A on Zoom where I answer questions and uh, we get to know one another. And then there is Astro Adventurers. It's 11 bucks a month and you get your forecasts every two and a half days. Um, sometimes I don't get them out. Like when I was moving, I missed a couple because I was worn out. Um, but they come out most, most of the time. Um, and then we have Living by Luna, which is Observational Applied Astrology. You don't have to be good at astrology to start there. It's one of the best ways to learn astrology. We meet uh, once a month. and I also give uh, some of the courses to, for free to Living by Luna folks. Um, and then the top tier, Cosmic Surfers, you, you get my courses. Um, the Planets. There are some workshops you don't get with that, but the planetary workshops, the hour workshops, you definitely do. So speaking of, the next one coming up is Chiron, and that's what we're going to talk about in the next segment. We're going to talk a little bit about Chiron.
All right, let's talk about Chiron. Chiron, there's a, it comes and goes in popularity. A lot of times, young people get a hold of it because they're processing trauma. Not that we don't process trauma throughout our lives, because we do. But I think it's, there's nothing quite like hitting your 20s, your, you know, end of your early 20s into your middle 20s, and realizing how your normal maybe wasn't as normal as you thought. And it's something you can unpack for a lifetime, you know, where you recognize not just what was traumatic and what impacted you, but how it impacted you. And we feel robbed, you know, we can feel the weight of lost time. We can see how things have impaired our relationships, not just with family, but in all aspects. And it, the healing journey is a gritty one and often leads people into spirituality because it takes a hell of a lot of faith to get through it. Um, and sometimes people choose deities, you know, they might leave traditional religion, but need the safety net of believing in something bigger than themselves. Um, it could be a winding journey. Some of us end up as spiritual humanists. Um, that's often the case with people who have maybe looked at things from a admixture of science and religion. Um, who's right? Everybody. Who's wrong? Everybody. Nobody knows. Nobody has all the answers. Um, anybody who claims to know they have the absolute truth is either delusional or a liar. And that is just how it goes. So let's talk a little bit about Chiron. You guys probably know that I have something called the Astro Guides. And if you're a patron, anyway, if you're new and you're just listening, well, hello there. Um, the Astro Guides are a magazine-style format of booklets that I have been putting together, and I've got issues one through three. I am still working on two, sorry, um, four and five. One is on Saturn through the houses, and one is on Saturn Returns. I'm still working on those for those of you who took the Saturn workshops. My bad. I didn't know it'd be moving when I planned the classes. I yes, it was in my progress solar return that I could be moving, but I thought, well, that could be a lot of things. This is why we go to astrologers for timing events and don't read our own charts, even if we're astrologers, because we have blind spots. Um, anyway, let's, let's talk a little bit about Chiron and people often attribute, in my opinion, the Greek myth far too much because the Greek myth is a kind of a starting point when we're looking at Chiron because the name itself comes from the Greek myth, but the Greeks never used the asteroid Chiron. Okay, they did not use it. Oh, that little beep, that was Discord. Discord is rarely quiet. Um, the Greeks didn't use Chiron. They couldn't see it. Okay, so using the Greek myths to over-describe 
celestial bodies that were not utilized by the Greeks. I don't care if we named it after one of the Greek myths um, or Roman myths or whoever we're naming it after. Um, just because it's named after them, it gives it a wide overview of influence, but it does not equate literally and laterally. And uh, speaking of religion, that whole literalism I blame from evangelical Christianity as it infiltrates the spiritual movement. Um, it, it's always been a mistake, in my opinion, to over-identify with the Greek myths, with the planets that uh, we can't see. So... Um, Astro Guide to Chiron is what we're going to be using when we're doing the workshop. Obviously, I'm going to teach more than just that, but it is the, the material that comes with the course. Chiron is not how we were wounded. It is the wound that remains post-traumatic experience. So just like if you have um, a bicycle accident and you, you fall and you split your lip open, the split lip isn't um, the cause. It's the effect of trauma. And Chiron represents the effect and how that colors our perception um, in, in our worldview. And the house where Chiron's at is really kind of the focus of that space. And the, the sign it's in gives us even more information. And know the degree at which it was at when you were um, abused. It, it has nothing to do with that. It has nothing to do with that. Um, I, can, I can guarantee it from my own life experience. Um, that that's just bad astrology. There's a lot of bad astrology, and I, I credit bad astrology with people who don't really think it's real, and so they just figure they can say whatever the hell they want, um, and it leads to a lot of misinformation and and bad information. But yeah, the degrees are directional and relational when it comes to looking at aspects, <clears throat> understanding. That Chiron represents how that wound, it's the effect of the wound. But it's also the light post on the healing journey. Um, it's kind of like hair of the dog. You know, you kind of have to do that thing that hurts. You know, so if it's relationships, you, you got to build relationships. Even if you have trust issues. Um, if you're afraid of rejection, you need to get out there and perform. If you're worried about betrayal, you've, you've got to get out there and make friends. It's, you know, if you have poverty consciousness or you're afraid of losing money, then you need to learn how to invest. If you have food insecurities, then learn to garden um, and learn how to share your food. These are all part of the healing path. And, and so in the Chiron workshop, um, it's going to be a mix of me talking and teaching and then us having discussions to help 
um, kind of wrap our head around the idea of healing using Chiron in our natal chart um, as a guidepost. Um, and you're probably wondering about transit Chiron because people get their knickers in a twist over it. Um, it is it, it transiting Chiron kind of pings uh, issues in the houses where it's tra transiting. It, it's it's it'll help highlight and show where there's some things that need to be looked at, um, but it isn't necessarily causing any dramatic events to happen. You can look to Mars for that most times. But that's, uh, that is our Chiron talk. One of the reasons, um, well, I'll get into that another time. I was going to talk about why, why the older astrologers were really kind of stretching. And when I say older, I don't mean ancients. I mean Pluto and Leo generation. Um, they so wanted astrology to be legitimized um they wanted it to be accepted and approved of you know because leo always seeks approval so the pluto and leo generation was seeking to be legit and um uh, just so much of their uh, push to legitimize astrology not all but a lot of them the push to legitimize astrology um, kind of denigrated it in some ways because it relegated it all into Jungian psychology. Don't get me wrong. I love universal symbolism. Big fan of Carl Jung. Um, however, you know, there's a lot, one, there's a lot more to psychology than Jung. Um, and two, astrology is much larger than simply, um, you know, personality indexes. And it is not just a tool for self-awareness and self-understanding. It is a tool for application out in the world as well as uh, predictive measures. And they, they really worked at trying to get rid of predictive astrology back in the 60s and 70s because uh, they felt it made us look like fortune tellers. And as a political analyst uh, first, because that's what I was before I found astrology, you know, you forecast and predict events as, as a political analyst. That's, that's not your job, you know. Um, and you do that by looking at possibilities and probabilities. And, and astrology is no different. It's understanding the possibilities and the probabilities. And so, uh, but with Chiron, um, I don't use it as much in, in forecasting. Um, it, it, it's not, unless it's making like a significant conjunction or square or, you know, opposition, something like that. Um, it's a little less relevant when it comes to mundane astrology. But that's just this astrologer's opinion. So I want to thank you guys. Um, was testing out my new mic in this episode, I am literally whispering. That's how powerful this mic is. I am literally whispering. It's very late at night. I am sitting in my walk-in closet. I've created some dead space. Um, we'll see how the recordings go. Uh, I'll be tweaking the studio, <laughs> my walk-in closet, and working on getting this to be uh, 
functional podcast booth. And then we'll probably be getting the chair on Sunday so that I can go back to making videos and live streams in the chair. And if you just found the podcast, if you want to see the chair, (laughs) head over to YouTube. Um, All of those links are in the description uh, for this episode. Um, So stay tuned. Uh, Make sure you're listening to the next episode. That should be out soon. Once I get inspired, that'll be out probably Monday. I like to I like to do a Monday episode, um, but I will have figured out what the deal of the month is when it comes to readings. I will have figured out the deal of the month so that you can book into December and January. I'm kind of excited about that. Um, I uh, I love reading for all of you guys. Uh, so you are amazing people dedicated to your life path and purpose. And that's why I became an astrologer, a professional astrologer. It's um, to help people realize themselves into the best possible version of self they can be at any one point in time. So thank you for allowing me to be in my purpose. Be gentle with yourselves as we go about the weekend.